Glory to God who has given us salvation in his Son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. In today's Gospel, there is a wedding feast in Cana of Galilee. And the scriptures tell us that Mary was invited to this wedding and that Jesus and his disciples were also invited. And we hear that Jesus begins to reveal his true identity as the Lord of heaven and earth, the Lord of all creation, and changing water into wine. It says that on the third day there was a marriage at Cana in Galilee. Now we must remember that the Word of God, the Holy Bible, begins with a marriage, that of Adam and Eve, and concludes with another marriage, that of the Lamb and His Church, the Bride, our Lord Jesus Christ and His Holy Church. And that the Lamb, our Lord Jesus Christ, calls us, His Bride, into relationship with him. And so here we see that the bride and groom at this wedding invited Jesus to come to their wedding. And so as the Lord Jesus invites us, his church, his holy bride, into relationship with him, so we are to invite Jesus into our relationships. We must not have any relationship apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, for he is the source of true love, whether that be the love between a husband and wife, a parent and their child, a brother and sister, or friends. We must have our Lord Jesus as the source of that love. Later, we hear that they had run out of wine. Now, this would have been a great embarrassment for the bride and the groom. And so Mary wanted Jesus to help them. Now, why would she expect that Jesus could help the bride and the groom. After all, we are told at the very end that this was the very first of his miracles. This was the very first of the signs that he had ever done. But we must remember that Mary is the same one who entertained the archangel Gabriel, who brought her the good news. And the word of God tells us that she pondered all these things in her heart. And so she intercedes on their behalf. She comes to her son knowing who he is, knowing what he could do. And he asks for her to, she asks for him, rather, to intervene. He says, woman, what do you have to do with me? Now, we may think, well, that sounds a little disrespectful, right? Rebecca, isn't Daddy always telling you you need to speak to Daddy respectfully, right? Mommy, respectfully. What do you mean you don't know? 
<laughs> Got to be respectful. But calling her a woman was actually in that culture a respectful way of addressing her. So he says, woman, what is it that you have to do with me? It is not yet my hour. Jesus speaks often of his hour, referring to when he would be revealed upon the cross and in the resurrection. But like any good mother, she just ignores her son and says to the servants, do what he tells you. Now what's so interesting about this line, do what he tells you, this is the last words recorded in the gospel spoken by Mary, the mother of Jesus. Do what he tells you, and you shall see great things. The last words recorded in the gospel spoken by God the Father, the Father of Jesus, is, this is my Son, listen to him. And so the last words recorded here of Mary, the mother of Jesus, is, do what he tells you. And the last words recorded in the gospel, which was on Mount Tabor at the Transfiguration, the last words recorded of Jesus' father is, listen to him. And you see, if we truly open our hearts and if we allow the word of God in Jesus Christ to enter in, we truly will see miraculous things. And just as the water was changed to wine, so we too will be changed. We will become ever more fully a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. Listen to him. Do whatever he tells you. We are told that there were six stone jars filled with water for the Jewish rites of purification. And Jesus changes the water into wine. Now, water represents the creation, the old creation. Remember when God first created all things, it says that water covered the earth. And the Holy Spirit hovered over the waters of the old creation. And then in the time of Noah, we see a foreshadowing of a new creation that is coming. And again, water covers the earth. And so water is a sign of the creation, the old creation. Here, Jesus' miracle points to the fact that a new creation has come. A new creation that is not conquered by sin and death. A new creation that has its identity in the Lord God and in the truth and power of His Word. A new creation that will have as its final word the word of life and salvation. A new creation 
where death has no dominion. A new creation in Jesus Christ. The waters of purification were to wash the outer body. But the waters of Jesus, the waters of the new creation, are to cleanse us inwardly. To deliver us from our old selves, our struggles with temptation, our struggles with sin, our unforgiveness, our woundedness, our weaknesses, our brokenness. No, a new creation has come in Jesus Christ. And as he changed water, representing the old creation, into wine, representing a new creation, so he desires with all his heart to change you and to change me from water into wine, from an old creation into a new creation. If you have Bibles, please take them out. And I'm going to keep encouraging you to bring Bibles to church. Some of the pews do have Bibles in them. And turn to Galatians 6, beginning at verse 14. Galatians 6, beginning at verse 14. If you don't know where that is, just open the book. I can't tell where you are. And just go, hmm. Wow. Galatians 6, 14. You'll know where to find it. It comes right after Galatians 6, 13. Paul, writing to the Galatians, says, But far be it from me to glory, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is, we have no righteousness of our own. Nothing to glory in. Because we are, apart from God, a sinful and broken people. We cannot attain to God, who is infinitely holy and beautiful. And so God comes to us. And in his cross, he confronts sin and death. He confronts our brokenness. He confronts our woundedness. He confronts our sorrows. He confronts our addictions. He confronts the power of the enemy. And so Paul says, I, I will rejoice in glory only in Jesus Christ. Now that's a new creation where the focus is not on himself or on the world, but on the Lord. Now, I thank God that my focus is never on myself. See, the fact is, is that it often is. I even come sometimes before God with the focus not on God, to honor God for being God and for what he has done for me in his son, Jesus Christ, and for the gift and power of the Holy Spirit, and in honoring him, allowing him to pour his life anew into my life, therefore enabling me to become more truly who I am in him, but rather I come before him with the focus on me. Lord, I have these problems. Will you take care of them? And you see, that's backwards. Our heart's focus is to be on the Lord God and on praising him 
in on honoring him. And in doing so, we enter into relationship with him. And then he pours his life anew into us. And then we become more truly who we are. So often I tell people who come uh, to holy confession, I tell them, simply allow Jesus to become bigger in your heart. And these other things will become smaller. As the light of Christ Jesus grows in your heart, so the darkness will begin to diminish. And they say, well, how do I do that? How do I pray about that? I say, honor God. Praise God. And he will become bigger in your heart. And so Paul says, I will glory only in the Lord Jesus Christ and in his cross. He says, by which the world has been crucified to me. That is, my former life is dead. I am a new creation. And I shall live in that new creation. And the beginning of that new creation is found in the cross of Jesus. God's victory over sin and death. It's not enough to simply say, Jesus is my Lord, and then live as though I am not a changed person. Now, Sarah is sick today, so Christine is home taking care of Sarah. But what would it mean if I said to Christine, I love you, and I take marriage vows, and then I continue to live my life like a bachelor? (laughs) Right? No, in other words, a change is supposed to take place. And so it is with we who are the bride of Christ when we enter into relationship with Jesus Christ who is the groom. So a change has taken place and we must live in that change. And when we fail to do so, we become adulterous. We fail to live into the truth of the covenant and we need to repent. And we need to repent. And so he tells us, the world is dead to me. And he says, for neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision. That is, it's not about whether you're a Jew or a non-Jew, a Gentile. What matters now, he says, is a new creation. A new creation in whom? Jesus Christ. This is what matters. Now if you go to 2 Corinthians, it's right after 1 Corinthians. Just prior to 3 Corinthians. There is no 3 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Paul writes to the church in Corinth and subsequently to us, He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? New creation. We are a new creation. We must live out who we truly are. When we live apart from God and apart from his word, we are living a lie. We are denying who we truly are, and we are denying the power of the cross to make us new. Now, we all struggle. We struggle with temptation. We struggle with sin. We are often fallen and broken. 
we often give ourselves over for a time. But when we are a new creation, immediately we will feel conviction. And if you don't feel conviction in your heart when you're not walking with the Lord, I suggest that you invite Jesus anew, initially or anew, into your heart because something has gone awry if you don't feel that conviction within you. That's how we know because the Spirit bears witness with our spirits that we belong to God. That we belong to God. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Now, what does that mean, has passed away? When we hear that someone has passed away, we always whisper it. I don't know why. Did you hear about Jim? Yeah, he passed away. Right? I don't know why we do that. But anyway, when we say someone has passed away, what's it mean? They're dead. Right? They're dead. So what Paul is saying here is the old man, that is the, the man of the old creation, the sinful man, is dead. He died with Christ on the cross, and a new creation, a new man, was raised in the resurrection, that I may no longer live as I did before, but that I may walk according to the Lord and his holy word. So what is it in your life, in my life, that defies who we truly are? Are we holding on to some unforgiveness? Have we allowed anger to take our hearts? Have we allowed sorrow to overwhelm us? Have we given ourselves into passions? Whatever it is, it is not of God. It is of the world and of the flesh and of the devil. God didn't come simply to bless you in your sin, to come and say, you know, gee, Paul, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry you're, you're stuck in sin and chained and that death is the last word over you. I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm sorry. That's not what Jesus does. He comes and he says, take my hand. I'm going to lift you up out of death. I'm going to lift you up and set you free from these chains. And you shall become a new creation. And you shall have your identity in me. And guess what? I have conquered the world. I have conquered sin. I have conquered death. And in me, you shall share in this victory. Amen? Amen. <laughs> That's great. I love that. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. That is, the old is dead. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, we are told. Sin is not of God. We begot sin into God's creation. But life is of God. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. 
we beseech you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God, which can only be achieved by the cross. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That is, we are not to live according to our unrighteousness, but according to the righteousness of our Lord Jesus Christ. But what else is this passage saying? We, who have been reconciled to the Father through the blood of Jesus, are now to do what? Tell others. Tell others. We are to be the ambassadors of Christ. Not just the bishop, not just the priest, not just the deacons. You. To be ambassadors for Christ. And when an ambassador is sent into a foreign land, he comes with the authority of whom? The one who sent him. And so you go forth with the authority of Christ to reconcile the world to God by sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Man, I got two more pages, and you're not going to tolerate that. So I'm going to do one more, or you'll reconcile me to God for sure. <laughs> so one more. Second Peter 1, 3 to 7. It says, His divine power, that is the, the power of God, has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So that is that, yes, sometimes we will fall. Sometimes we will stumble. But as I said, the Spirit of God will convict us when we do. And if we just simply repent, the Lord, we, we, we become anew who we are in Christ. Second Peter. What's that? Peter. All of Second Peter. I just said we're doing one more. I didn't. No, I'm kidding. Second Peter 1, verse 3. 2 Peter 1, verse 3. So God's divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to this life and godliness. So yes, we will fall and we'll, the Spirit will convict, uh, convict us to return. But essentially what this is saying here is that we have, by God's grace, the ability to live the new life even now. You don't have to wait until the second coming of Jesus. The new life begins now. And it goes on to say, through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. That is, our life is in Christ, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. So then the question becomes, if these are the promises of God in Christ Jesus, do you believe them? Do I believe them? That's really what it comes down to. Do we really believe them? Because if we really believe them, then we will walk by them. We will walk by them. That through these, that is, through the grace of God and his great promises, you may escape from the corruption that is in this world because of passion and become, listen to this, 
partakers of the divine nature. That's the wine, my friends. That's the wine. Just as our Lord Jesus changed water into wine, the old creation into a sign of the new, so he has changed you. He has changed you from water into wine. You share no longer in sin and death, but you now share in the divine nature. You are actually partaking in the life of God in Christ Jesus through the Holy Spirit. How can our lives remain unchanged? So, whatever, this is the end, I promise. Whatever it is in your life that is not according to the Lord, give it over to Him. Say, I will live the lie no longer. I'm going to live as a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm going to live out who I truly am by faith and baptism and by the grace of God. For I am an ambassador of Christ. I go forth with the authority of Christ. For I have been reconciled to the Father in the blood of Jesus. Today when you receive the body and the blood of Christ, remember as you take Him into yourself that you are receiving within you the medicine of the new creation that heals you from the old and restores you to the new. God bless you and keep you and love you, for you are the work of His hands. Amen.